Hallelujah. Go ahead and be seated. I know you got your hearts tuned, charged up, and ready to receive the Word of God. Well, as Pastor mentioned, I did share last uh, Sunday night on a, a message called How to Have a Happy New Year. If you weren't here, you can pick up that CD. You can go to our website and listen to that as well. Because really to get... Uh, if, That was kind of a starting place, and we're going to kind of jump off from there where we left off last week. One of the things that we talked about, we kind of defined what happy was, and then we spoke some things that prophets, different people had been saying about 2012. One of the ones that we highlighted, Brother Kenneth Copeland, he has said, said that the year of 2012 is going to be a year of surprises. And that just excites me. So I went and looked up the word surprise. Listen to what it means to come upon you suddenly or unexpectedly. Unusual, astounding, and to amaze. How many of you are a candidate for some surprises from your Father God this year? Not bad, horrible tragedy, gloom, despair, but some good, unexpected, amazing, astounding astonishing surprises, good things that you weren't even expecting to happen, that they're going to overtake you this year. Hallelujah. God loves us so much that that's what he wants to do. He wants to show up in our lives with the unusual, the amazing, the unexpected, the extraordinary. Glory be to God. This year should not be the same. Same old, same old, same old. Got the same old job, got the same old kids, got the same old husband. Well, yeah, you got the same husband, you got the same kids, and you probably have the same job, but we don't want to look at it as boring, same old, same old, same old. We want to look at it as God coming in those areas of our life and making them exciting. Hallelujah amazing us. If you've been married 50 years, you ought to at the beginning of this year say, well, our marriage is going to be better than it's ever been. This is going to be a year that our love grows and increases more and more. We're going to have days of heaven upon the earth. And all the married people said, amen. Amen. So, you know, I'm not saying a big surprise, get a new family, get a new maid. I'm saying let God show up in every area of your life. Glory to God. And just cause it to astound you and amaze you at what he will do. Are you a candidate for the unusual and the unlikely, the unexpected occurrences? To show up. Pastor did an excellent message this morning talking about opportunities. Are you believing for divine opportunities, divine connections, divine appointments? And here at Heart of the Bay, we're walking in heavy fog. Our pastor has declared it and we're receiving it. We're expecting it. We're walking in it. There's been all sorts of things said about 2012, but I like what our pastor's saying about it. Heavy fog, opportunities, divine connections, glory be to God. Now I want to start off tonight and I want to tell you what another prophet in the land has said. Brother Jerry Savelle about 2012. 
God kind of speaks to him in a, in a fashion of rhymes. But just listen to this. It's good. 2012 will be a time of great cheer. For manifestations of God's faithfulness will be seen throughout the year. A year of fulfillment is what he has declared. And a spirit of victory will be in the air. Songs of joy and happiness too. For God will bring about what he has promised he would do. For those who stood and refused to give in, they'll see great victories again and again. Heaven is already rejoicing and you should be too. For they know that his goodness is being poured out on you. A year of fulfillment indeed it will be. So lift up your hands and declare, let it be, let it be. How about we do that right now? Let it be, let it be. Let it be, let it be a year of fulfillment, a year of manifestations. Anybody in here believe in God for some things? Well, do you see it coming to pass in 2012? A year of fulfillment, a year of manifestations for the things that we have been believing God for. And oftentimes when we go into a new year, maybe at the beginning, we've got high expectations. But then we start thinking about what happened in the past or what didn't happen last year. Pastor made this statement this morning and I wrote it down. He said, don't limit me to what you have known in the past. He was speaking by the spirit of God. Don't limit me by what you have known in the past. So I don't care what happened or didn't happen in 2011. We right now need to believe that God is going to bring about some manifestations. We're going to see some answers to prayer. We're going to have those divine opportunities coming our way. Those glorious connections. We're not going to live in the past. It's a new season. It's a new day. Hallelujah. So I want to start with the verse that uh, we shared last week. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 18 and 19. And we'll look at it in the Amplified. Isaiah 43, 18 and 19 in the Amplified. Do not earnestly remember the former things. Neither consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive and know it? And will you not give heed to it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Every time you read the word of God, you know, it should speak to you. I camped on some different things last week when I read this verse. But today when I read it, the thing that stood out to me was, behold, I am doing a new thing. I am doing a fresh new thing. And I got to thinking about the word fresh. God has never been into old, stale anything. He gave me this illustration years ago, but it bears repeating. If heaven were a supermarket, it would only have fresh produce. There wouldn't be any cans. Goods in heaven with the expiration date expired. 
There wouldn't be any frozen this and frozen that. Only fresh produce. Only the best if heaven were a supermarket. Think about it. With the children of Israel, what were they commanded to do? Every day they had to get fresh manna. It wasn't that God couldn't put out enough every day for them to have enough to last for a week, but he wanted them to get that concept that every day, every morning, you need to seek me. Every day, you need to see what I'm saying to you about that day. His mercy. What about his mercy? It's new. It's fresh every single day. Aren't you glad that God never runs out of mercy, that he doesn't say, well, that was the special, the blue light special yesterday and now there's no more no it's fresh every single day think about it the things in the word of god that he promises us that are new and fresh every day fresh anointing fresh oil hallelujah the psalmist david said i will be anointed with fresh oil there's not any dry stale old oil in heaven it's fresh The anointing is new and fresh every day. Think about the fact that he wants us to receive fresh revelation from his word every single day. This word is alive. Hallelujah. And when something is live, it continues to bring forth. And if you'll take the time to get in the word of God consistently, every time you do, you're going to get something fresh and new. A fresh word from heaven. And this, God said, don't look at the past. Don't remember the former things. People can get tripped up because maybe something good happened in their past. And so they look back there and they're like the children of Israel looking back and longing they were back in Egypt. Or they can get tripped up looking at their past because something terrible happened in their past and they can't forget it and can't get over it. Either way, don't live in the past. He says, behold, the old former things are passed away. It is a new season. It is a new day. God doesn't have to go to the past so he can remember how to make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. He doesn't have to do that. He, he never runs out of ways, means, methods, and avenues to bless us. He is a God that is full of surprises. You might think you have it figured out how God's going to turn this situation around. You might think, okay, Lord, I've been praying and I see what you're going to do here. You're going to speak to that person. You're going to cause them to come over to my house and give me that $500. I know they just got blessed. So I'm thinking, I'm, I, yeah, that's what you're going to do, God. And he'll say, no, 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 no. Don't look to the arm of the flesh. I've got new ways, fresh ways that you can't even imagine a meeting your need. And it's not all about financially every single area of our life. He's not limited. He is only limited in our thinking and how we perceive him. But it is our responsibility to take those limits off, to perceive and to know and to recognize his ways. There's way too many people that are living according to the dictates of the flesh. 
that are living right here in their head, walking in the realm of the reasoning. Didn't Jesus say, the Bible says in Psalms there, don't lean unto your own understanding. If we do, we will fall short of his best every single time. Now, are you ready for an unusual title to a message? That was all introduction. It's pretty good though, wasn't it? The title to this message tonight is, I am not normal. (laughs) Brother George said we knew that. Now, I don't mean like that. Everybody, find somebody, your neighbor, and look at them and say, I am not normal. Now, if you're set by the person that you're married to, they write, say, I knew that too. But, And I don't, when I say that, there are relatives, there are people that will say, yeah, I agree with that. But I am not talking about being weird, bizarre abnormal, strange. I'm not talking about looking and acting like some of the sports fans that I saw yesterday (laughs) at the 49er game with my beloved husband. Some of those people really were strange. But I am talking about not living a normal life. I am not normal. And I refuse to be put in the box that the world says I have to stay in. Listen to this definition of normal. Conforming with an accepted standard, mode, or pattern. Conforming with an accepted standard, mode, or pattern. There's something about just saying that that makes me on the inside say, that's not me. I am not cut out of a normal pattern. I am not like the billions of other people in this earth. And my life doesn't have to be average and boring. The world has set a standard and they've defined it as normal. And they've said, everybody, you have to do this. I mean, years ago, there was this movie out, Joe versus the Volcano. And every single day... This whole hundreds of people got up and walked like this to this horrible factory and did these same horrible, boring jobs every day. See, that's what the world says. You were just put on this earth just to get up, go to work, punch the clock, sit at your desk. Don't do anything unless the boss is looking. Get up, go home, sit down on your couch, turn on the boob tube and watch it all night. No! I'm not going to fit in that mode. That's not what I was born to do. Amen. I was born to excel. I was born to walk and to live in the supernatural. See, the world will say, oh, it's normal for everyone to be sick. Everybody is. It's normal to cheat on your spouse. Everybody does. It's normal to live together and not be married. Everybody does it. 
It's normal to lie, cheat, and steal. It's normal to be worried, wringing your hands about what's going on in the world. It's normal to be full of fear. What's wrong with you? Aren't you normal? How come you're not worried about the economy? What's wrong with you? Aren't you normal? Aren't you afraid something terrible's going to happen to your kids? What's wrong with you? Aren't you normal? Don't you? Aren't you afraid of tragedy and disaster? Disaster and tragedy overtaking your life? Well, the answer ought to be no, I'm not because I'm not normal. When you hear that, your spirit ought to rise up and say, not me. I don't live by the world's standards. I don't fit into their mold or their pattern. And it said conforming with an accepted. I don't accept that standard. I don't accept that mold. You can't put me in it. You might try to put me in a box. You might try to push me down, but I'm telling you the greater one is on the inside of me. And the more you push me down, like Jack in the box, you might try to push me down, but I'm telling you, just keep winding me up and I'm going to pop out every single time. Not normal. Don't accept it. Don't accept what people tell you about yourself. Don't accept. Well, that's just the standard for our family. Nobody in our family excels. The standard for our family is that you might get a high school diploma, but nobody in our family goes to college. The standard is that perhaps, you know, you're going to work menial jobs all of your life. That's the standard. That's the norm. You need to be loving and respectful to people in your family, but you need to say, I'm not the norm. I am not normal. Take on the attitude. I am extraordinary. I am extraordinary. I am the exception to every single rule and every single lie that men try to label me with extraordinary. Why is that? Not in and of ourselves, but we are extraordinary because we serve an extraordinary God. Hallelujah. And he lives on the inside of us and whatever he touches, it prospers. Hallelujah. Has God touched your life? Has the hand of the Lord come upon you for good? Then you're not going to be ordinary when you've been touched by the hand of the Lord. Hallelujah. When you've come in contact with the supernatural, when the supernatural has come upon your natural. It'll turn you into another person. Woo! Hallelujah! Thank God I'm not normal! And I don't have to live by that standard that man has set. Amen? Listen to what extraordinary means. It's just who you are beyond the common order. 
beyond the common method, beyond the course of things, beyond, hallelujah, we are above and we are beyond what people without the Lord should be able to accomplish. Again, what pastor was preaching so awesome this morning on divine opportunities by the Spirit of God. He was speaking out that on the inside of many people, God gives them divine connections. God brings opportunities. God may even give people witty inventions, but then maybe somebody in the world discourages them or says, oh, that can't work. You can't ever accomplish that you can't ever do that what is that they're trying to push you back into that box of being normal but folks when you get things on the inside of you when you've got dreams and you've got visions and they are from the lord hallelujah you just rise up and say yes it will come to pass because i serve a supernatural god with whom Nothing is impossible. Has anybody ever experienced something impossible happening in your life? God turning your impossibilities into possibilities. Woo, hallelujah. We have to refuse to conform to the spirit of this age. Romans chapter 12 in the NIV, Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2 tells us how this process begins. It's a process of discovering who you are in Christ Jesus. When we get born again, it's just the beginning. But we should spend our whole life endeavoring to grow in the knowledge of who we are and what we have in him. This verse, I like it in the NIV. It says, therefore, I urge you, brethren and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Now we could camp there for a while, but you know that you are to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Now go ahead. Verse two. We'll go back to verse two. Do not conform any longer to the pattern. We just saw that word in the definition of normal. We're not going to conform to the pattern of this world, but we are going to be transformed By the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Do you want to walk in the good, pleasing, and perfect will of the Lord? Do you want to refuse to be conformed to the pattern of this age? Well, how does that process begin? Of course, we have to be born again. But this chapter was not written to sinners. This book was written to the church. And the answer to beginning this process is to be transformed. Transformed 
into his likeness and into his image. And that transformation, I wished it could happen by me laying hands on everybody's head tonight and saying, okay, out with the old, in with the nude. But it doesn't happen that way. It is on our part that we have to make that choice to get into the word, to look into the mirror of the word of God. I know every one of you have mirrors in your home, probably jillions of them. And ladies, you probably have a few mirrors right now in your purse. And from what I can see, most everybody, no, everybody looked in a mirror before they came here tonight. And why did you look in a mirror before you came here tonight? Because you didn't want to go out in public the way you got up from your Sunday afternoon nap with a hair sticking up here and a hair sticking up there and and maybe mascara all smeared all over your face because you were sleeping so heavy. You looked in a mirror. And when you look in a mirror, what happens? You make adjustments. You make the needed adjustments. Oh, man, I better comb my hair. I need to fix my face. I need to do this. I need to do that. When we look in the mirror, it reveals to us areas that we need to make adjustments in. Well, that's what happens when we look into the word of God. It reveals to us how we need to change in this area and change in that area. It transforms us more and more like him. And the very fact that you know you can be changed is based on this fact. He cannot. God cannot change. God's word cannot change. The very fact that he cannot change means I can change. Because when we submit ourselves to an unchanging God, he's not going to change to be more and more like us. But we're going to be changed to be more and more and more and more like him. Meditating in the word of God brings transformation and takes us out of confirmation. We don't want to conform to this spirit of this age, to the world's way of being and doing things. But we will be pressured and we will succumb to the world's way of doing things if we don't take the time to be transformed. By the word of God. Now listen to verse 12. Out of this same chapter. Romans 12 in the message. Don't become. So well adjusted. To your culture. That you fit into it. Without even thinking. Instead. Fix your attention on God. He'll be. You'll be changed. From the inside out. Readily. Recognize. What he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. God brings the best out of you. He develops well-formed maturity in you. One thing that stands out to me, he said, we will be changed from the end side out now see the world wants to spend all the time on the outside oh you need to have this nipped and that tucked and that sucked and then you'll be good no god says 
work on the inside. It's on the inside is what matters. This body is the temple of the Holy Ghost and we need to respect it, but it's not about this body. As a matter of fact, let's look over at first Corinthians chapter six, verse 19 and 20. And we'll look at this in the amplified. Certainly we need to take care of this body, but it is not body, mind and spirit. It is spirit, soul and body. If we tend to the things of the spirit, if we give heed to what's going on on the inside of us first, you know what? Things will line up in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now listen to look at this verse. Do you not know that your body is the temple? It's the very sanctuary of the Holy Spirit who lives within you, whom you have received as a gift from God. You are not your own. The next verse. You were bought with a price, purchased with a preciousness and paid for, made his own. So then honor God and bring him glory in your body. So it is important what we do with our body. But the reason it's so important what we do with our body is because our body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. God, the Holy Spirit and Jesus are not living on the inside of you just hitchhiking a ride through life. They're on the inside of you to express themselves in you and through you. So that's why we need to let them live big on the inside. Let them do what they want to do in and through us. Hallelujah. He lives on the inside of us. So we should not be expecting to be normal. We should not be walking through life as mere unchanged men. There's another scripture. We'll look at it in a minute. But over in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, the apostle Paul was writing to the church at Corinth. And he's telling them that he could not speak to them about these spiritual things that he wanted to talk to them about because they were so carnal. One translation said, because you are so body ruled, they were not inside minded. Everything was about the flesh. Everything was, you know, what their emotions wanted them to do. But he went on to tell them here in verse three of first Corinthians chapter three, some important truths. He said, for you are Still unspiritual, having the nature of the flesh under the control of ordinary impulses. And these are people that were born again, that were filled with the Holy Ghost. And yet he said, you're still living ordinary lives. You're still yielding to ordinary fleshly impulses. And it should not be that way. For as long as there are envying and jealousy and wrangling and fractions among you, are you not unspiritual and of the flesh? behaving yourselves as after a human standard and like mere unchanged men. Where have we seen that before? Human standard. It was in the definition of the norm. We are not to walk through this life as mere unchanged men. I got a question for you. Has anyone in here ever been changed by the power of God? 
Has anyone ever had his spirit come upon you and you've been filled with the Holy Ghost and you speak in a brand new language? Do you know how supernatural that is? The Bible defines one of the definitions of praying in the Holy Ghost. One translation says it's God talk. When you get born again, when you get filled with the Holy Ghost, you're not normal anymore. You are not a mere man. You have the ability to communicate with the God, the Father of all, the God of creation, the Lord Jesus Christ on a high level. You know, anybody out in the world can go, dear God. Save me. Dear God, help me. But when we are born again and when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we have that ability to talk. God talk. Let heart to heart, spirit to spirit. And as you as you get your tongue hooked up with what is in your spirit, then you will begin to pray out divine mysteries. You'll begin to speak out things that are otherwise hidden to your intellect. But as you kilino sobringo todore sebro kesobrindo rodita sabreta, you can pray out the future. You can ebreso mondrisa moniandre boko sambra. You can pray and then you can obey. And your sebandrisa, your spirit man will be the one who is keen and who is alert. And then you will truly walk in the scripture that says, for as many as are led by the spirit of God. That is supernatural. That is living above the norm. People in the world who are dead spiritually, who are dull of hearing, and their eyes are closed and blinded to the things of the Spirit. They go through this life bumping into things constantly. They go through this life victims of the attacks and the snares of the enemy. Satan takes them captive at his will because they're normal, because they're just walking to the beat of the drum of the spirit of this age. But folks, we need to realize the privilege that we have. And it's not just for you and me. It's for everybody driving by on Hesperian right now. This gospel that we preach, this gospel that we love, this relationship, this personal relationship that we have with the Lord Jesus Christ is available to whosoever will. Whosoever will. But whosoever will won't call on the name of the Lord. Whosoever will won't see the goodness of the Lord if the church continues to be normal. We have to step out and step 
up and walk in what has been provided for us. And as we walk, as we walk and we live on a higher plane, not in the spooky natural, not the weird, not the strange, but just walking in a continual fellowship and a flow in tune with me, says the Spirit of God, then things will happen. In our life, divine connections, favor of the Lord will show up so strong that it will provoke people to know the God that we know. That's how it's going to happen. I don't know everything that's going to happen in this day and in this age, but I know that God values his church. And I know that God is predominantly going to move through the body, through the church. But we have to be in place. We have to be in position. We have to be in tune and we have to be living in that place of the extraordinary. Beyond average. You are not average. Don't tell your kids they come home with a report card. Well, it's average. It's okay. You know, you want them to do their best. You don't want to put condemnation on them. But you feed into them that you are God's favorite. You have the mind of Christ and the wisdom of God is formed within you. And you don't have to get D's and F on your report card. You can excel because of who lives on the inside of you. Tell yourself that. Tell your kids that. Speak right words over your life and over your family. Hallelujah. It's time to walk in the supernatural. Can you take just a little bit more? Supernatural. We are supernatural beings born of a supernatural God. One definition of supernatural. Listen to this. A departure from the usual or the norm. Do you see the theme that's running through all that we're sharing tonight? The supernatural is a departure from the usual or the norm. Everybody say it with me again. I'm not normal. And I am not going to live a normal life. I'm going to live a supernatural life. Hallelujah. A supernatural life doesn't mean that every day that you're going to wake up and go over to the hospital and lay hands on all of the sick and empty out the hospital. But a supernatural life might be that, you know, you walk into your office and somebody's going through a horrible situation and you've just got the anointing on you and you just go over and you touch them and their life is changed. Walking in the supernatural may be that you are on BART and it just so happens that somebody comes and sits down next to you and you're reading your Bible and they say, what are you reading? And the, br- the door just opens wide and you're able to lead them to Jesus. That's walking in the supernatural. It's seizing those opportunities that God puts in our lives every single day. And not just opportunities to prosper us financially, but opportunities for us to be a blessing. Anybody in here want to be a blessing? 
Hallelujah. A departure from the usual and the norm. Are you ready to depart from where you are now? Are you ready to go up higher? Are you ready to leave and not leaving on a jet plane tomorrow or whatever? Not that one of those goofy songs, but are you ready to leave the land of pain? Are you ready to leave the land of lack? How about, are you ready to depart and leave the land of sorrow and grief? Perhaps, are you ready to depart and leave the land of worry and anxiety and filled with fear? Are you ready to leave that land of lack? Hallelujah. And come on over into a land of abundance where there is supernatural provision. God has always provided for his people. Even in the wilderness, he gave them manna. He gave them quail. If God can do that, God is going to provide for us. I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed out begging for bread. Are you ready to live in the supernatural and expect God to do the extraordinary in and through your life. It's not just about having it happen to us. It's about us being a vessel that it flows through to other people as well. As for me and my house, we're not going to be normal. We're going to walk in the extraordinary. We're going to experience the supernatural. We are going to become all that he has destined for us to be. Amen. Do you receive it? Hallelujah. Oh, Father, we thank you tonight for your word. We thank you, Lord, for the anointing that is a mondresubikindro in our midst to bring about change. We thank you for the dealings of the Holy Ghost that comes into the lives of the people tonight. Areas that that adjustments need to be made. Lord, I thank you that by your spirit you are moving on hearts right now. In the name of Jesus. Let's all stand. We're going to spend just a few minutes praying. We're going to give some altar calls here. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we bless you. Lord, we honor you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now I know that we had a few visitors tonight. So while every head is bowed and eyes are closed, I want to make sure that every person in here has the opportunity to make Jesus their Lord and Savior. Oh, it's time, folks. If you don't know him, if you're not walking in fellowship with him, perhaps you knew him at one time, but you're living in that state that the Bible says backslidden. You're out of fellowship with him. You haven't been in church in years. You haven't been doing what you know to do. But tonight, you either want to receive him, you want to make him as your Lord and Savior, or you want to come back home. Would you wave your hand at me? 
Oh, my, my, my. To get his sobrita, to get in on what God is doing in the earth today. To be a part of the body of Christ. Oh, ha, ha, ha. Woo! To be able to have a hotline with heaven. If you're already born again, but you are not filled with the Holy Ghost, I'm not going to even ask you to raise your hand. I'm going to ask you to come down here. I know there are people in this congregation that are not filled with the spirit. And I know that sometimes people just are not at that point yet. And they say, no, I'm not ready. But you know what? We're not going to quit giving the invitation because I just Oh, the precious gift of the Holy Ghost. It makes such a difference in your life. I've been filled with the Holy Ghost since I was 11 years old. And he gets sweeter and he gets better every single day. And I know for sure praying in the Holy Spirit has enabled me to step in the plan of God. Praying in the Spirit has kept my inner man charged up. So I have not missed opportunities. Certainly I haven't hit it 100%. But I know praying in the Spirit will keep you alert. It will keep you in tune. It will keep you awake when the rest of the world is asleep. So I want to by the Holy Ghost tonight. The Spirit of God is speaking to some people. He's here and he's reaching out to you and he's saying, come and receive this precious gift that I am offering you. You'll be changed. You'll come up higher. You'll rise above the normal life that you're living right now. 